0: I'm Smiley, and I'm glad to have you tuned in to this hour of our program today. In this hour, two conversations on the B side of this hour. We'll talk with Kelly Eiffel, the founder and CEO of Guava, an innovative online banking platform for small black business owners. But we'll commence this hour in conversation with Michael Bivens of BBD, Bell Biv DeVoe, and new addition. I ain't mad at him. He has a new documentary out called The Hustle of at 617 Mike Biv and he'll tell us in this hour what we can expect to see when we view this documentary Mike Biv how you living man what up T
1: how you doing man
0: man if I complained I'd be an ingrate I am doing well it's a blessing uh to hear your voice you've been you've you been good
1: man I've been good you know working with your team I was uh going through the stuff doing all of these other things that were a part of the contract. So that's why we kept moving it back a day and a day. But I wanted you to know, you've always been a king and a voice in my life. You've always been a king and a voice in reality. So I wanted you to know, it don't take me two days to get to you. (laughs) Give me a pass. All I was going to do is honor that paper that's coming my way. (laughs) And you and I both know when we sign some paperwork, we got to honor the paper and then we can get back and do the homeboy barber shop. Right. So now we on homeboy barbershop talk. <laughs> so I wanted to <laughs> listeners to know that you didn't hit me with the ogie geek but you like, baby, come on, man. So I want to let you know, thank you for just being with me for two days because it's the sex of the doc. I had to honor some of my deal because what we were doing, we can call each other on the private line, what they was doing is the PR friend putting something together where they don't know that I'm chopping it up with you. Because if you say, yo, we're going to get it in, I'm saying yes, and I don't care what they're doing. So today, we finally come to fruition. And just thank you, man. I haven't um, spoken to you since you've been on the other network years ago. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy you still remember me, man. I ain't even seen you in a while, man. So <laughs> this, is like, this is like a dream come true to be on the, the TS show, man. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't going to front. You still a staple in
0: my crib, and you still a staple in the hood. You are, you are, you. Are, first of all, you are too kind. I, I, love you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it, man. I just love you, Bib. Uh, and uh, my, Michael is uh, explaining that because we, we expected to have him on the program yesterday. Things happened, no big deal. He's here. No, no see, we go back two days. Yeah, it was two days ago. It's yesterday okay. Was it's okay though, man. It's okay. You are, you are here, and that's all I care about. And I want, I want folks to hear about this documentary. So I appreciate your kind words. You know i love you as i said ain't nothing you can do about it we 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 good uh, you were here and that's all that matters i just want the audience to hear your voice and hear about this documentary it's called the hustle of at 617 mike biv take a listen to um uh to this and then uh, we'll talk about it who is michael Bivens? sometimes he can be an asshole. Mike
1: michael's a superstar basketball player We was just kids from the project having a good time. Mike was the golden child. He had a swag of One of the coolest businessmen in the game. He was popular on his side and on my side of the projects. Since day one, we clicked. I did what I had to do, and I did it by any means necessary. It changed my life. The music game ain't no different than the drug game. I feel like I went to jail in the music industry. I'm mentally institutionalized. I realized I was protected a little bit differently. Mike, Mike, Project Mike. There is the designed the most successful R&B group, uh-huh. Boys to You're down with him, he's down with you. I always wanted to save the story for this.
0: Well, you say you wanted to save the story for this. Um, why is now the best time to put this out, Bib? I mean, you've you've done so much. Uh we all saw the new edition story. That series set all kinds of viewing records. Now you come with this documentary about your personal narrative. Why why now?
1: Well, when I saw the Black Godfather on Netflix I called my man Dave that run with Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. and I called Alex and you know Clarence is gone. Clarence oh, ain't oh, finally yeah. passed away.
0: My boy, yeah. You know,
1: R.I.P. to the to the Godfather. When I saw his doc, I was at my feelings, T. <laughs> I'm like, I seen all these people in there. And then I said to Alex, you know, I'm screaming on him. It's like ten in the morning on a Sunday. I'm like, yo son, why 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 y'all ain't call me? I'm the only young executive in the office with your father and my godfather, Gerald Busby, that ran Motown. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you got all these other people in there. They ain't put no lights on in Motown. They from Def Jam, Sony. And he's like, I don't have nothing to do with it. My sister, Nicole, did it. I said, oh, found out his sister, Nicole Avon, is married to Ted, the Mm -hmm. president of Netflix. That's right. Right? So I got in my feelings because it was so dope. It was so good. It was so informative. So July 2018, see, I just picked up the cameras and I said, you know what? Let me just shoot
0: my own story. Ah, so that's it. why it was necessary. No, I love it. Um, we're going to get into it. Just just starting this conversation with, with uh, Michael Bivens. Um, and I always love hearing the backstory for how people get motivated and decide that they're going to do something. And the timing, of course, is always critical. Uh, Mike Bivens, I guess, right now on Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically blind. Black, black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. You're l- He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. 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 More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah, Spider Man and freezing full effect. Uh-huh. You ready wrong?
1: I'm ready. You ready to I'm ready, slick, are you? Oh, yeah, take it out. Girl, I must want you. I said in my mind. Yeah. Yo.
0: Mike Beer, that, that track has one of the coldest grooves, grooves, grooves ever created, man. Well, you
1: know what? It was, um, it was destiny. It was the best thing that ever happened to Ronnie DeVoe, Ricky Bell, and myself. And still to this day, 30-something years later, it's still
0: a classic,
1: like it just came out yesterday. See,
0: no nah, mean it's a go-to at any party. Yeah, it is. It is, man. You put that joint on, everybody's running to the floor. It's just, it's just a cold groove. That bass, that bass line, man is, um, man, that's a cold track. I, I love it, and uh, I just love to hear your reflections on it. Before I talk about the, the documentary, get back to talking about it. You mentioned Clarence Savon. We all know he tragically died. Um, uh, not tragically died uh, days ago. His wife died tragically. Um, um, months before that, obviously. Um, and I love Clarence Savon. He's a dear friend of mine, and we, we hung out all the time. Uh, t- t- tell me more about your interaction with with, with, with the Black Godfather, Clarence Savon. I'm just curious to hear your story.
1: You know what, T? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you a long story short.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One day I'm at the hotel at the D- LaDuffie in L.A., mm-hmm. and I get a call that Clarence is out front. Now, Clarence did a lot of Johnny Gill's business, Clarence helped Bobby out in some of his business infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But Clarence was the godfather to Gerald Busby, who took over after Barry Gordy, who was my godfather. So when they say Clarence is outside, we didn't really have a lot of interaction. Mm -hmm. But he wanted to do something for me that I didn't even know why he did it. I went outside, got in his car. We went to the Valley of the L.A. I was living in this hotel for like two years, being paid for by Motown. And he said, I'm taking you to see something. He took me, took a lockbox key, took the key out, went to the residential area, and he said, this your house. I said, what you mean it's my house? I don't own this house. He said, you gonna buy this house. He said, don't be a stupid Negro. Be a smart Negro. The same money you paying for 30 days in our hotel is less than the mortgage on this house. Then he said, go look at the house. So he took me on the side of the house, T. We went to the backyard, they had a pool, had a real, real messed up basketball hoop with a little tennis nut. He -hmm. said, "Hun, this is your world. I said, what you mean? I was like, that hoop is whack. He said, who cares what it looks like? Fix it up. (laughs) So I said, well, Clarence, can I at least go see the bedrooms in the kitchen? He said, who cares what the inside look like? You can fix it up. I said, well, I'm going in. So I went in and I looked around. And then he said, hurry up, I gotta get back to Hollywood and you know, by two thirty. So the point I'm making is Clarence Avon made me become a home on a home mm-hmm. owner mm-hmm. and he picked out my first house. Wow. And the mortgage was less than the thirty days in
0: the hotel. Mm. And that's why they call him the Black Godfather. If you did not see that Netflix documentary, you have to see it. It's a rich and powerful piece of work. And this, the story that Biv is telling now is what Clarence did for him and for me and everybody else. I mean, sometimes you wouldn't even call him, as you heard Biv say, Clarence would call you. But if he thought you had a gift and a talent and he thought he could aid and abet the, the flourishing of that gift, he would just it, it, it just— Put himself into your life, uh, and yeah. there are all kinds of folk in this city and beyond who have that story, and that's that's why I wish you had been in the documentary. Because again, stories like that, um, again, are are, are pervasive uh, when it comes to uh, Clarence Avon's past and all that he did to help so many people. there's just so many. There's just a plethora of those kinds of stories. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you share that. Um, to, back to your documentary though, the hustle of at six one seven Mike Biv. Um, were there parts of your life that were off limits, or did you put everything out there?
1: Well, you know, T, I controlled my narrative because right. I directed it. Right. And the reason why I directed it, because I didn't think no network was going to buy it. mm And the reason why I didn't think that is because, one, I don't got to going to jail, you know, strung out on drugs and... You know, whatever they think is dramatical, where they want to take your pain and turn it into their ratings, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I'm I'm a kid from the hood that want to be like Tiny Archibald, want to play in the NBA, that met his childhood friends, and they asked me to be in a group. I didn't know how to sing and dance. I thought when they was wearing them hard-bottom shoes – I used to tell Bob and Rick, I ain't wearing them disco shoes, (laughs) you know, but, you know, I had like a a little following because I'm in the I'm in the, it's playing on the hoop and it's 30 people out there watching the game and I'm whipping and dipping like Allen Iverson and doing my showboat and stuff. So they thought, you know, well, if we put them in the group, we'll have an audience. So some of the new additions first talent shows were basketball fans. Mm. Because you remember like the Apollo T, when they put their hand over the contestants. That's right. well, what do you think about such? such?" Yep. You know, they was like, yo, well, Mike, if the people that like you play ball come see us, that's how we win. So some of our first talent shows, I had my own little crowd. So when the people started clapping and sharing, that's what it was. So to me, I knew if I went to someone and said, well, I don't have that story. I got a feel good story. They wasn't going to do it. So I took my money. I invested in it. I all my different camera crews. Mm-hmm. I had bad audio tea sometimes, <laughs> different things. I'm just getting all these freelance filmers and audio people. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to tell my own story and bet on myself. Come to find out on it. I sold it to all black as a licensing deal. And it's the biggest deal I ever had in my life in 40 years. Wow.
0: Um, I love that story uh, because it shows what happens when you exercise your right to self-determination. Sometimes you've got to assign yourself to get the project done. Um, you said a couple of things I want to just interrogate right quick. Number one, what have you learned when you look back on it biv? Uh, and by all accounts, uh, you are were and are a pretty amazing basketball player. Uh, that was your that was your dream to be an NBA and I've talked to all kind of folk who know you. Uh, over the years. And they said, you know, Biv's got game, man. And people don't know this about Prince. Prince was my friend. Prince had basketball. He, he had game. Mm. Prince Prince could play pretty well also. Uh, but That's you, nice. you had these dreams of wanting to be in the NBA, and along the way, um, wherever you were supposed to be, which is where you are right now, um, you got on that path. Um, so what do you say to people who have one dream uh, but aren't open to the fact or uh, the reality that there may be something else that they've been called to do in the world?
1: And you know what, T? I I call that redirection, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. First yeah. of all, I
1: got a very strong mother who's like a queen with a conversation like a king. Just stern, straight up, raw, funky, straight out the projects, dollar out of 15 cents. Like, I ain't grow up with a whole bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a whole bunch of truths and reality, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I got redirected, I felt like she always said, Michael, And I don't even speak in third party. Son, let me say that. Mm -hmm. There's one out of a million people out of this project that make it to the NBA. Stay with your childhood friends and go follow that dream and see where it takes you. And I said, okay, well, okay, this is cool. little uncomfortable, you know, kind of messed up the steps a few times and (laughs) didn't understand. But soon as we got in the business and people were taking advantage of us and the money started getting short and I saw the reaction that Bobby and Ricky were having over the money, I realized okay, well I'm a natural born hustler anyway. I said, well now I figured out my role. I won't sing the song and you know, I won't be the main guy in the video but I know one thing, they taking all our paper. Mm. So somebody gotta watch the money. Mm. So I, I created that job and then Brooke, the godfather who teaches us the routines and put all of the stuff that you like about us, the concerts, the routines, the steps, he turned me into the spokesperson. You know, so I did all of the interviews at 14 and 15. So those became my two biggest roles that helped me believe in the redirection because I figured out what my role would be. Mm. You'll follow the money. you do some business. And more importantly, when it's time to be on Dick Clark or Don Cornelius, you'll be the one they ask the question to, and I took pride in that too. Try to sound all smart and say the fly stuff like oh, yo, you know, like you know. Let me let me let me chop it up a little bit. <laughs> what 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 is what what it
0: what is it like? What is it like when you're the front man? When you're the guy out front at fourteen and fifteen oh, it's, years it's of amazing,
1: age? Man? It's amazing. It's, it's amazing because you got Ralph sitting there like yo, my curl is a little prettier than Mike because I ain't have no curl. I have waves. You know, Bobby got his shirt halfway down his stomach teeth. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Rick James. Like, I like that. And Ronnie over there looking like Shemar Moore. I'm like, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, and they know I'm a jokester. You know, I talk smack like that. To them. I'm a ball player. So, you know, I, I got, what they say, locker room talk? Oh yeah. Well, in new addition is dressing room talk. Man, I talk so much crap to them. They just think I'm crazy. Right? But it, it felt good because a good point guard on the basketball team, your sole point is not to make a turnover. So if you could say something to make people say, oh, them little brothers, you know, they got a little IQ over there, or say something and answer the question, not talk all long, keep it short, it's a compliment. So Mm. it felt good. Like, I got the ball, let me get in, say the answer, make people feel like we all getting A's in school, (laughs) bong, 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 and then boom, I'm out of here, because All that singing the song and candy girl. Listen, bro, I'm going to get that back to them. But right now I'll answer these questions and keep it moving.
0: And by the way, and by <laughs> that the way. Was my character. And by the way, I love Candy Girl. I I I'm gonna tell Miles we gotta play a little of that before I get out of here. Man, I I just love Candy okay, Girl. Okay, let's uh, We've to play some of that. <laughs> so get, get get it get it ready, Miles. Um, this is this is not a Tabitha original. Everybody's talked about this, but I haven't heard Mike Biv talk about it. Um they call it show business. People love the show, they don't focus on the business. What have you learned about show business over the years, Mike Biv? Well, look at you
1: how many stances have you taken? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You don't got to ask me a question that you stood on your own, temper. Mm. Have you ever been a man of integrity? Yeah. Have you ever handled Chavez's business? But mm-hmm. well, that's business. When you on that mic and people listening, that's your show. So at the end of the day, I learned from the great. You know, so to me, it ain't. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to answer that question because mm-hmm. I learned from the greats, mm-hmm. and we watch your, your flow. You've been inspiring to us. That's why you landed on different feet and you're able to do what you do. So all I try to do with my crew is keep it a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, and I did it by any means necessary. Sometimes they didn't agree. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't, you know, want to hear what I got to say, but guess what? Guess what? It all worked out for the better. hmm. And they they got a profound respect to say, yo, little Duke in the back, he all about his business. He all about keeping it 100, rather if we want to hear it or not. But I'm never going to send us down a dark alley and have us turn up short. I'm always going to tell them, listen, I can't be you. I can't do what you do. But take this funky wisdom and apply it to the answer and the conclusion. And let's go home with our money and let's not do all this labor for someone else.
0: Let me close with this, man. If we had uh, if we had hours, it wouldn't be enough time to unpack um, just a scintilla of of the career that you've had uh, and all the successes that you have um, that you've uh, you've achieved. But I'm I'm curious, how did it feel when you thought that nobody would buy this documentary and that it ends up being the big. But then you end up closing the biggest deal of your life. How did that feel? You did it yourself.
1: Hey auntie, it felt like hey boys, doing the interview, got my dogs. It felt like Ch- chat like you know, it's some, it's so many people that um turned me down, mm. and I don't, and I don't, and I don't want to throw them under the bus, right? But you know, Snoop was supposed to have it, you know. I called Nas, I called a few of the folks that um. You know, the BET channel. You know, I spoke to a couple of Hollywood producers. I reached out to Brian Grazer. I was like, yo, like, what more do I got to do to get this deal? And then I just realized, is it because it's not new edition? Is it because I don't have that, you know, that dramatical story that you think is the hook and the strength of? thinker, and I just said, man, you know, this is pretty pretty humbling. Mm -hmm. So, all I know when I'm with you, I just said, you know what? Bet on yourself, Mike. Prove them wrong. Your story is about basketball. It's about family. It's about community. Because, T, honestly, I might be, and I got to say this to you because this is like a family call. You got 32 teams in the NBA. You got all that money with them NBA ball players, but guess what? If you looked at the league right now and go back ten years, how many of them ball players got a public park in their hood mm. with their name on it at Center Court? That's what they do for a living. Hello. I got a public court in Roxbury, not because I sold records, not because I won an awards. It's because I took care of my community. And i got a public park for basketball, not a museum for music.
0: I love, love, love Michael Bivens. His documentary is called The Hustle. That's 617-Mike-Biv. It's available right now for viewing on All Black. Biv, I love you. Ain't nothing you can do about it, man. Congrats on the doc, and thanks for the conversation. I appreciate you, sir.
1: This kid, listen... Don't make this like once every blue moon, man. Holler at me, man. Cause you together is like a storm ain't no one ever saw before.
0: We closing on that. I can't do no better than that. Love, Mike B.